Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Recovery Talk. So this week I wanted to talk about frugality. So I'm especially referring to financial frugality here, uh, but I also want to talk a bit about how an eating disorder can cause an extreme difficulty with spending money or, you know, allowing yourself to use resources, basically. So I will cover things such as difficulty spending money on food, but also difficulty spending money on yourself in general and buying yourself new things. I also want to briefly touch upon hoarding and I also want to touch upon extreme, what can I say, extreme like collection behaviors or behaviors where you have a very hard things throwing something away, whether that is, for example, a cosmetic product that you haven't quite finished. So I know some people may hear this and they will think, okay, what does this have to do with eating disorders? And the answer to that is, surprisingly, it is quite connected. This is not the case for everyone with an eating disorder, nor everyone who is extremely frugal. But I see a pattern when working with clients, and we also see overall that a lot of people with eating disorders, they become very frugal, especially as they are the most restrictive. So just to kind of clarify a bit at first, frugality refers to essentially difficulty spending money and being very much invested in like saving up money rather than actually spending it. And don't get me wrong, there is nothing wrong with this inherently, right? And also there is a difference between excessive saving behaviors and excessive frugality when someone is generally very poor, where that is kind of the only thing they can really do, right? versus someone being extremely frugal when money is not necessarily an issue, at least not to the extent that their behavior would suggest. And of course, there are people who may have an eating disorder and they also may struggle financially, which puts a bit of a a bit of a difficult situation in terms of navigating what is reasonable saving behavior and what is actually rooted in that scarcity mindset of the eating disorder, right? So this is a complicated topic, uh, but I still thought it could be worth investigating a bit. And it is also something that has been requested to me a few times. But what I see more often is that, especially when working with clients, is that people will have this behavior and they won't even necessarily think to bring it up because they assume that it's completely unrelated to the eating disorder and very often it comes up accidentally right it can maybe come up in the context of food for example someone saying i feel really guilty spending money on myself or for food right and then i may ask okay does this does this show up in other arenas of your life and then maybe like yeah i feel absolutely so guilty by the thought of going and buying myself a new piece of clothing And if they are going to buy themselves a piece of clothing, they may feel crippling guilt if they're buying a new piece of clothing rather than a secondhand one, right? So there's this idea of this concept of guilt by taking up resources. And part of what also makes this so complicated to identify is that some of these behaviors, again, they're not inherently bad, right? Going and buying something secondhand, great. I mean, we do know that fast fashion, it's not the most ethical industry. But a lot of times what I see with people with eating disorders is what I tend to call moral rigidity. I have written an article about this and also a little bit how it ties into different things such as, for example, veganism in terms of 
moral rigidity and having really rigid moral rules and how this can sometimes be misidentified as just being you and just being who you are when it may be rooted a little bit in the eating disorder. So check out my substack, letsrecover.substack.com and the article should be somewhere around there where I'm touching upon this. So yeah, just a little bit of a side note, but it is quite related. So first of all, I wanted to kind of share my theory as to why I believe this happens. And don't get me wrong, there are probably a lot of different factors at play here, right? So it's not necessarily a black and white, clear cut answer. But what I believe, and what I believe kind of what, (laughs) at least the studies that I've read and interpreted suggest, is that this may actually be rooted in the state of starvation. I'm not saying that everything has to do with starvation and that there's no way to (laughs) struggle with frugality unless you start. Absolutely not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that seems to be a bit of a link here. And I'm saying this also based on working with people who express that their frugality is more extreme when they are restricting versus when they're not restricting. So some of you may be familiar with the adapted to flee famine hypothesis. I've made an episode about that in the past. So that can maybe be a good starting point if evolutionary psychology and eating disorders is very new to you and you're just like, hey, what are you talking about right now? But I'll try to explain things very simply um, regardless. Okay, so imagine we go back many, many, many years when we were living in uh, tribes And imagine there is a period of famine, right? Growing conditions are not good and something happens. There's basically food scarcity, right? Wouldn't it then make sense for a sense of frugality to kick in almost as a survival mechanism, right? Because the people who, when there was a period of famine and scarcity of resources, who were just spending, 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 they probably wouldn't have had a, as good of a survival <laughs> survival um, uh, survival rates as the people who were a bit more okay. We are we are not in abundance here. Let's be a little bit cautious, right? So essentially, when there is food scarcity, it would evolutionarily make sense that there would be scarcity of other resources as well, right? So I'm wondering if it could be that the brain of someone with an eating disorder who is essentially detecting food scarcity is also detecting, oh, of course, then it is a scarcity of resources in general because the two would often go hand in hand. And this means that even that a starved brain, even if it is a starved brain and that person could have quite a generous amount of money, still you can see some of these frugality behaviors playing in. Again, this is not the case for everyone and I understand that there are more factors at play than what I just described, but I think it is an interesting viewpoint. So essentially, you're starved, this is what the brain is detecting. Your brain don't necessarily understand a diet or intermittent fasting or whatever it is that you're doing. Your brain don't really get it. Your brain is detecting that food is is a scarce resource, right? And therefore, of course, thinking, oh, that means that other resources are scarce as well, because that is historically what would have been the case, right? If food is scarce, chances are other things are as well. And as a result, what I often see in people with eating disorders, and there's been disappointingly little studies on this part because it's kind of hard to measure and quantify, right? But what I tend to see is that people with eating disorders will also become very invested in 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 like various scarcity behaviors, in saving, in budgeting. I will see people who 
may not really even need to budget, but they become really into budgeting, right? And really into like planning their finances. And again, I'm not saying that this is inherently bad, right? So please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that keeping a budget, caring about your investments and finances is a bad thing. But what I am saying is that it can go to an extreme to the point where it is not necessarily actually helping you, right? It actually causes more harm than good. And if this just so happened to occur at the same time as there is a restriction, right? If you can see that the timing is very important here, right? If it's just so happened to co-occur with food restriction, it could be worth investigating. So how do these behaviors show up? So one thing I mentioned is excessive care about budgeting, right? Even in cases where it's not necessarily about food, even though some of it may be, someone may really care about budgeting their food, right? And planning their food ahead. And this can be such a socially approved form of restriction, right? Because you can just say, oh, I'm on a budget. I can't eat out with you guys. I'm on a budget. I need to plan and budget my food, right? It's very socially acceptable. People are like, yeah, of course you have to, right? And again, as I mentioned earlier, there may be reasons why this is a reasonable thing to do. Maybe you are, if you're a broke student, right? Thinking a bit ahead, it makes sense, right? But again, it has to do with the intensity of it. And if it is something that got worse with your eating disorder. So another very, very typical way I see this is an extreme difficulty with, you know, throwing away anything, right? So for example, imagine you have a, you have a pack of toothpaste, right? And it's empty, but you're like, no, I need to scratch and like scrape out the last bit of toothpaste, right? So you may find it very, very hard to throw away cosmetic products, even though they're very much empty, you feel like you need to just scrape out the last bits. Another way that this can show up, and this I touched upon in the let'srecover.substack.com article, is through extreme sudden interest in recycling. And again, not saying recycling is inherently wrong, even though there's a lot of greenwashing going on there. But if that interest is just sudden, and if it becomes to a point where, again, causes more harm than good, for example, maybe you're like excessive, like hounding over the people in your household, like, are they recycling correctly? And you get really angry at them if they don't, right? Same thing goes with the cosmetic thing. Maybe you're hounding over everyone, making sure they're using every last bit of soap before they throw it away, or you're gonna panic. So this behavior can also manifest more just around food. And for example, feeling like you need to eat everything in the cupboard before you can buy something new, right? So maybe you're really craving a specific type of pasta, but you're like, oh, but I already have rice at home. I need to finish the rice first, right? Or fear of things go bad and throwing away something that's gone bad may create a lot of guilt. And again, I'm not saying that all of these behaviors are abnormal, right? If you have something that's about to go bad in your fridge, it's understandable that you wanna maybe just finish it, right? I get it. But again, it has to do with the intensity of and also of when the behavior actually started. So clothing is another example of this behavior that I mentioned, right? And this is very classical in recovery where your body may be changing and you know that, yeah, I, I need to buy some new clothes, right? Yet there is that crippling guilt of, you know, throwing away your old clothing and replacing it with new clothing. And the eating disorder can sometimes thrive on this because it gives that perfect justification as to, oh, I should just keep those clothes, right? I don't want to throw them away right? And oh, I don't need any new recovery, rec recovery clothes, right? And this is where some of those like ethical behaviors can be taken to an extreme, right? Maybe you are 
telling yourself, no, I can't buy new clothing at all. I just have to, you know, live with my sick clothing or live with having literally like two different <laughs> sweaters that I can wear because fast fashion is evil and I can't support it. No, no, no. And you, you find all sorts of reasons as to why you don't deserve to use resources that other people are using, right? And you're kind of convincing yourself that it will make a massive difference in the world if you are not buying that sweater that you really need. And almost that pride of like sacrificing yourself and your own needs for some kind of perceived greater good. So I mentioned greenwashing earlier, but I'm not even going to get started, right? You not buying a sweater that you really need is not going to save the planet. It's going to make your one life on this planet more miserable. You deserve to take up space, to take up resources, right? End of story. And I see this moral rigidity show up as well, where someone can only eat something if it is the most ethical option, right? They can't eat X, Y, Z because the food is unethical. And what is perceived as unethical really vary from one person to another, right? So overall, it's this mindset of, I can only use resources if it is as little, can I say, invasive in terms of harming the planet as possible, right? And it's almost as constant crippling guilt for just existing and for needing to take up space and resources. And even though, as I did mention, sometimes this behavior can kind of transfer onto other people. For example, where you're feeling really pissed off if your mom forgot to recycle or if your partner maybe threw out the dentist, no, the toothpaste tube before it was finished, right? It can show up that way. But I also often see that the level, the extremity of the level, for example, not wanting to eat certain quote-unquote unethical foods, not feeling like you deserve new clothes, etc., etc. You probably, in most cases, I don't see people wanting to advocate for that for other people, right? They may not feel annoyed if their friend goes and buy themselves a new shirt, right? It is more that they feel guilty for themselves doing it. And interestingly enough, I sometimes see this also when it comes to things such as meat. For example, I'll see people who are vegan and don't get me wrong, there are some people who then wants to kind of encourage the other people in their lives to also eat more vegan foods. But sometimes I also see the opposite where if someone around them chooses the vegan meal or it's like, oh, I'm going to cut down on my meat intake or my dairy intake, that person may actually, instead of feeling happy, they may feel in some cases actually quite triggered, right? And almost upset. So that's an interesting observation I've seen. And if you do feel that way, that is a little bit of a red flag in terms of your veganism or vegetarianism. So just be mindful of that. So now we kind of identified this behavior and how it can show up. And the next question would then be, okay, what now, right? Okay, shit, I realize I'm doing this. What now? So first of all, it is the whole thing of seeing, is this helping or harming you, right? For example, if you're someone who has to be on an extremely tight budget just to make ends meet, I mean, fair enough. That's, that's one thing, right? But if you're someone where you're realizing that, hey, I'm spending so much time and energy writing out this super tight budget when actually I have quite, I have far than, uh, more than enough money to go out and enjoy myself to have a meal out, right? Or to buy myself that new shirt that I actually really do need. Then we start thinking, hey, this is probably something worth investigating. So one thing that may be helpful is to treat this behavior as you would an eating disorder fear behavior, right? Or a fear food. So 
You know, a lot of times people with eating disorders, they understand the concept that if they are really scared of going out and eating pizza because pizza is a fear food, then they know they have to do it, right? The same thing can also go with some of these frugality behaviors, right? Actually just doing the thing even though it scares you and even though it makes you feel uncomfortable. Because by doing, you're signalizing to your brain that, hey, this is actually okay. Another thing is, of course, focusing on actually eating enough food, right? Are you getting enough food? And this is especially important if you notice that this behavior actually got worse by undernourishment. In some cases, I've worked with clients where this behavior actually really alleviates and even completely goes away with just refeeding alone. And this is important to get forward because sometimes people may think that they just have to challenge the behavior but then they don't focus on the actual refeeding bit, right? So you need to get your body and brain out of the scarcity mindset. So for other people, they may find that they get themselves out of that, you know, restriction states and they still have the behaviors, right? This could in some cases be because the behavior has just become so ingrained that's become almost like a habit, right? So it's just the autopilot. You just always go and grab something that is on discount, right? And again, I'm not saying the behavior is always disordered, right? You being in the grocery store and you're realizing, oh, that's those apples are on discount. I'm going to grab them. That's fine. The issue is more when you are being, when it's really obsessive, where you can't buy something unless it is on discount or unless it follows some kind of budget rules in your head or where you're going and spending so much time going from store to store to get the cheapest thing from each store, despite financially being in an okay and stable situation or feeling extreme guilt if you're buying maybe the apples that were a little bit more expensive, but it was the apples that you craved, right? It was the good ones. It was the pink lady apples that you really wanted. Let's face it, that's the best best apples. End of story. <laughs> I think they're really good. I think part of recovery is accepting that you are, as I said, allowed to take up space and resources, right? And that can be such a difficult one. And so often I see people who are like, yeah, I can recover, but it needs to be in like the, mo the most like minimally invasive way, right? And there becomes a lot of perfectionism around recovery and how to do it, which I've spoken about in previous episode about like recovery perfectionism and the fear of doing it wrong, right? Overall, this sense of perfectionism and this around food can show up in different ways, right? So we know some people are more prone to the financial frugality part of things where it is like needing to do, to eat in the cheapest way possible, needing to save money, can't spend, re can't use resources, etc, etc, kind of what I've been discussing here. But we also know for some people it may be more around ethics, right? And those people may be willing to spend a lot more money on buying something that they perceive as more sustainable and ethical. And again, I'm not saying that this behavior is always inherently wrong, you know? I'm saying, again, it is about the intensity of, and also of when the behavior started. Same thing can go in terms of more health orthorexia, right? I often say that there are different subtypes of orthorexia, which I will discuss more about in the future. I actually spoke more in depth about this in the group coaching program I did a while ago. But we also see more in more like classical like health orthorexia, someone may be really hung up in everything being organic and then be willing to spend more money buying something organic, right? But actually the person who goes in the grocery store and spends extra on everything being organic and the person who is going and buying the cheapest vegetables they can find, those people actually have more in common than you would think in terms of the underlying driver of the behavior. 
And of course, the real nightmare can be when a lot of these things kind of co-occur, when you have extreme financial frugality, but you also have that extreme sense of everything needs to be ethical and it needs to be organic and it needs to be healthy. No, no, no. And then you have a lot of these like, a lot of these coexisting and you're almost like, (laughs) you're doomed to feel guilty in the grocery store because how can you satisfy all of these rules at the same time, right? It's very, very hard. So a last behavior that I wanted to touch upon is hoarding, right? So essentially saving up, saving up. So this could be around a lot of things. We actually see a link with eating disorders and general hoarding behaviors, but also around food hoarding, right? So this is typical. Someone goes to the grocery store and they see a specific food is on discount and they buy loads of it and they don't actually eat it. They just save it up, right? Again, my theory that I mentioned a little bit earlier about that thing of the scarcity mindsets, I believe this could be a play here as well, right? It would make complete sense that you are your brain and body detecting that there is a famine. Of course, it's going to be very reasonable that you want to actually save up resources, right? And save up and whenever there is access to resources, you're saving it up, right? If you are someone who finds that you will go to the grocery store and you buy foods and you will just save them up for later, kind of hoard them without actually allowing yourself to have them, it's very important that you are actually challenging this behavior, right? Have the food that you're buying. There's nothing wrong with buying food per se. What is wrong is when you're buying, but you're actually not eating it. So instead the buying becomes almost a replacement for the eating part. That is not productive. And I understand that hoarding in general can be quite complex and there's a lot of different drivers there. So I would say that, again, I'm not by no means saying I have the answer to hoarding, right? It is a behavior that could be worth working more with with a therapist, right? Uh, But what I am saying is that there is a link between eating disorders and hoarding. And in some cases, we see that when people are recovered, their hoarding behavior may really lessen, right? Especially more the food hoarding behaviors. So yeah, this was just a quick, I guess, introduction to this behavior. I could have gone way more in depth, but I thought, I mean, we do have some time restraints here, right? Uh, But a bit of an introduction to these kind of frugality and saving behaviors that we often see in people with eating disorders. And these behaviors are often missed by treatment professionals because it's just presumed to be completely unrelated, right? I believe that there is more of a link here than we may be aware of at the first sight, right? and that a lot of the underlying drivers are quite similar in terms of the body and brain detecting there is a scarcity of resources and also that extreme guilt by you know taking up resources in a way that goes against what can i say whatever set of rules your eating disorder has set for you in terms of yeah how to how to eat how to live right whether that is around money or it's around ethics or it's around health i mean health in quotation marks here because we do know that orthorexia when you dig into it it's not really about health it's just a bit of a surface level cover-up right and again i probably have said this like 10 times but i find that this important to say whenever i'm discussing these kind of topics i am not saying that being concerned about finances being a bit reasonable when you go shopping and planning ahead in terms of money is inherently bad I'm also not saying that things such as, you know, making a more ethical purchase is inherently disordered, right? Again, I'm talking about the way that it manifests and if it actually is 
is it really helping the environment is it really helping you or is it just your eating disorder latching onto something or just making something that may have started as good intentions into something that becomes obsessive compulsive and just leads a lot of guilt and becomes kind of takes over your life right and in terms of money i understand everyone is in a different financial situation i understand that some people actually have to really keep an eye on their budget and i also understand that living with food insecurity adds a whole other layer here right i will also say though that if you have the the finances to it spending money on food spending money on going out to eat having that thing you really crave may be a very very important investment because recovery is going to be one of the most important things you're doing so that takeaway that you ordered was not a waste of money because you could have cooked it at home right that takeaway was recovery points right it was adding recovery points and that is exactly what you need right think about it like recovery being like almost like a scoreboard where the more recovery actions that you're doing the higher your score goes right think about it that way so personally i remember that i had this quite a bit during my eating disorder even if it was around a safe food if i for example asked my mom well can you go buy me this specific food when you're at the grocery store and she would maybe mention oh you're having that food again and it was not necessarily meant as a like a triggering thing it was more like god can't you just eat the normal foods we have in the house instead of me having to go and buy these safe foods for you right which is very reasonable but instead in my case i interpreted it with as like guilt for taking up those resources right and i remember that when i was in recovery this became even worse because now i was suddenly eating a lot of food right i was eating a lot of food and this meant that my family who i was living with at the time their food budget would go up right and my family never once complained right it was never they were never like oh we're buying you this food again even though i understand there are families where that can happen right but that was not the case in my family but i still had so much guilt because i became very aware of the fact that i was eating more right and I just kind of want to remind you, if you're in that situation where maybe you are sharing the budget with a partner or a family or whoever it is that you're living with, then I want to remind you that to them, this is probably the most, the best investment they're ever going to make, right? Buying more food for you for your recovery, again, it is such an important investment. And if you find there are triggering comments and misunderstandings, it could be worth trying to have a non-judgmental conversation with them about how that makes you feel and how maybe they could rephrase things, right? Because overall, I like to believe that the people around you, they mostly have, you know, they have our best intentions at heart, but sometimes they don't necessarily understand the impact of their words, right? And again, you deserve food. You deserve to take up resources just like everyone else, right? You wouldn't deny this to other people. So why would you deny it to yourself? You don't have to eat in the best, most ethically perfect, most financially sustainable, most environmentally sustainable way in order to deserve to eat, right? Your job being put on this planet was not that. And at the end of the day, even if you did that, what is the outcome? Is that really going to save the planet? Is that how it works? No. One of the biggest scams is large corporations that are essentially ruining the planet, trying to put that blame on individual people because they are not recycling enough. It is absolutely ridiculous. It's like essentially a drop in the, in the ocean, right? 
And this is what greenwashing is, right? At, at its essence. And I've studied marketing, so I have a bit of a way to identify it and spot it. And it is one thing that just really, really annoys me because it's a way of basically taking away responsibility for it and then putting it onto someone else and distracting people, right? So instead of them being actually mindful of what is going on with a lot of big corporations that, again, are ruining the planet, you're too focused on your own and you're kind of making it on yourself and you see all of the things that's happening with the planet, you think it's because I didn't buy that sweater secondhand, right? And again, it is okay to be mindful of how we live on the planet and making ethical choices. I'm not saying that's inherently wrong. Again, I'm saying there is nuance here, right? And you may find that in recovery, that focus may not be helpful. You may find that in recovery, hyper-focusing on all of these things may not really be sustainable for you. And that's completely okay. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and that maybe there were some helpful insights for some people. And also, again, I know there are some people who listen to this and are like, I can't relate. And that's okay as well. Because an eating disorder manifests in different ways. Not everyone has these exact things that I've been describing. So I hope you guys have a lovely week ahead and I will see you guys soon.